Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James, and before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Flying high above a vacant patch of land between major metropolitan areas, the Decepticons push on to the next stage of their nefarious plans. From high above the countryside, a glimmer, however, can be seen. The leader of the Decepticons, Megatron, calls out to his number two. Starscream, make yourself useful and see if that shimmering down below is Energon. Right away, Lord Megatron, Starscream responds. Breaking away and hurtling down to the surface, Starscream is surprised to see not Energon, but a large pile of gems tucked away in a cliffside cave. Entering the cave, the hulking robot is ambushed by an unknown assailant. Jumping with the speed of a cheetah, the strength of an elephant, and the grace of a lion, Vixen prepares to protect the stash for safe delivery to the authorities. There's no retreat, not that he would have anyways, as Starscream meets his foe head on. It's Transformer versus Metahuman. It's Super Annoying versus Supermodel. It's Starscream versus Vixen. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Season 4 of Who Would Win continues with a bang. In one corner, we have Starscream, the Decepticon's constant number two in command, versus Vixen, one of DC Comics' most versatile and, in my opinion, underappreciated superheroes. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. And not only has this match never been discussed before, Mm -hmm. but when I typed in this battle, Google responded verbally with Starscream versus Vixen, go on. So yet again, the Who Would Win show brings you the Legion of Audience, a premiere and never before discussed battle. You're welcome. Ray, you got to tell me, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I feel like I'm getting a lot of shades of a previous battle from this particular matchup because not too long ago in season three, we did Grimlock versus Beast Boy. Now, those are two kind of similar, a Transformer versus an animalistic kind of shape-shifting kind of a character. Not exactly the same thing with these two, but not totally different. And I did very, very well with the Transformer last time. I feel like I'm going to do very, very well with the Transformer this time, judge permitting. And I'm just very, very excited to clean your clock once again. 
once again, I didn't listen to any of that, but here's the deal. You know, we've got Starscream from the Decepticons, and you and I both love the the original G1 series from the 80s. Transformers was absolutely fantastic. Big fan. And I, big fan, right? And I just started thinking, if, if we were given an option to join a group, would you join one side or the other? So I just want to kind of throw mm. some, you know, superhero groups and super villain groups to you and kind of see which one you would pick, and I'll okay. compare it to what I'm going to do. Let's just play this exercise out, all right? So here we love go. It. All right, here we go. Autobots, Decepticons, who are you joining? Oh, I'm going to take the Decepticons because I want to fly. I want to ride in the air. I want to be in an airplane, and I want to transform into somebody who hangs out with Megatron every day. Okay, first of all, you know how much I love our Lord and Savior Megatron. How dare you? Just for that, I'll take the Autobots because mm, some of them wow. fly, and you don't, you're don't. you not a Decepticon riding in a plane. You are the plane. I don't really get what you're Okay, l- moving on. You asked right. which I would join. I assume I'm joining as me. I don't assume I'm turning into a Transformer and then suddenly jo- You just said who I would join. I right. assume that meant Ray joining, and we've seen humans riding inside of Transformers before. This is not outlandish, James Gavsey. When you join a company, does the company offer you benefits? Does it offer you stock options? If you join the Decepticons, Megatron, what he told me anyway, is he'll make you a Decepticon. He'll, like, transform you into oh, an right. actual robotic thing. Imme- Whatever, race the canis. You don't know any. Okay, moving on. I'm not bitter. I don't know if you were familiar with these two groups. They're from a cartoon called G.I. Joe, so let's just go right there. Cobra or G.I. Joe, who are you joining? Man, so I'm sorry. Cobra. I'm it's only slightly Q, familiar with these two these two uh, factions. I believe they're called. Uh, I'm in Cobra all day, every day. They got first off. They have the best vacation plans. They okay. have. Uh, they're they're amazingly well funded, depending on which iteration and season you're going with. Um, but I've seen some of those. The one episode that goes the the Viper is coming. You go to like their version of Club Med. You, I mean, like they go into all these wonderful Cobra facilities. Meanwhile, GI Joe's like sweating it out, eating MREs. No, 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 no. It's Cobra all day long. You know, here's the deal. That, this is why I'm picking GI Joe because it looks just like it's so much fun to beat up Cobra. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're G.I. Joe. You're like, yo, Joe, you storm the beach, whatever. And there's, like, thousands of Cobra soldiers coming at you. You don't have a worry in the world. They're not going to hit you with a laser beam. Okay. You're taking out hundreds of them by yourself, by the way, wow. and blowing up everything. That just sounds a whole lot more fun. All right, moving well, James, on. Well, James, James, yes. based on your performances in Thunderdome, I'm surprised you even know who G.I. Joe is. G.I. Joe, they are a anti-terrorist organization dedicated to protecting the world. Is that them? Something like that. Got it. Got, I have heard of them. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. This is probably the biggest and most important of all of these. Okay, uh, here we go. You. Chuck Norris and his karate commandos. Uh, wow. Commandos wow. spelled with a K, by the way. Of course. Versus the iconic Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling team with, you know, wow. Hulk Hogan with his team of baby face wrestlers. Which side are you picking here? Wow. You know, just, you know, I really thought we'd be going in a different direction here, but given that I've watched both of those cartoons more recently than is probably appropriate, <laughs> given my other show, knowing it's half the podcast, I'm going to go with, oh man, I'm going with Chuck Norris and his karate commandos. If and only if because they saved Santa Claus, who turns out to be a war criminal. It's an amazing show. <laughs> okay. The the real reason I'm asking, I, obviously I'm picking Hulk Hogan's team with the babyface wrestlers because at that time, remember Andre the Giant just turned heel in the 80s and then wow. became like Hulk Hogan's main opponent. But for some reason, they put their differences aside in the cartoon and were on the same side. Plus, Andre the Giant's like, hello, Hulk. 
which is the perfect French accent right wow, that away. That was a wonderful French accent. Thank you. Yeah. I know. I, I tried to, uh, you know, uh, maintain the, the race to Canis level of, yeah. uh, you know, making Megatron, for example, the opening show, sound like a cross between uh, the Incredible Hulk and that weird pirate guy who lives in the uh, corner of my street. Here's That's the deal. exactly what I was going for. Wow. <laughs> it, it was a beautiful. You are a lyrical poet. All right. You got to pick a side in these types of battles. And speaking of picking a side, it's time to introduce our guest judge making another appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's author, content creator, and producer. It's fan Whoa. favorite judge, Crystal The Storm. Crystal, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you so much for having me. I am always excited. And I think Ray is also very excited that I'm here. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, let you, I'll let you know in about an hour, Crystal Storm. I know. I know. It's okay. By the way, Ray just is excited. Ray's just <laughs> excited in general, but I'm sure yeah. he's actually excited that you're here. Now, now Crystal, always. you're another person who's insanely busy. You know, between everything you do on Twitch, you're, you've got podcasts, you're, you're an author, you've, you've got books, you've got, you've got everything going on. But you have a project that I'd like you to tell our Legion of Audience, our fans, about. Yeah, because it's something that is as magnificent as a project as you would expect from Crystal the Storm. Please tell us all about it. Wow. Uh, so the project is called Legacy. It's a Star Wars audio drama. Ray is in it. James is also going to be in it. He doesn't know that. I just told him that just wow. now. Yeah. And Batman's now. making an appearance? Batman is totally going to make an appearance in Legacy. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, it is a Star Wars audio drama. Uh, some of the Legion of Audience is also in it. It's got a great cast. We are currently on episode three. Uh, drops every Tuesday. I would encourage everybody to go listen if you are a Star Wars fan. If you ever played Star Wars, the Old Republic MMO back when it was good. People know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. I'm getting great feedback. People are loving it. Uh, wonderful comments from Star Wars fans themselves. Like, this is like good Star Wars, not like the prequel Star Wars. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So I hope the Legion, the Legion of Audience, definitely, when they're done listening to this awesome episode, swing over to Legacy and listen to that. Okay, so uh, there's a question I've got for you. It's... Look, you're doing everything, like, you know, books, <laughs> Twitch channels, everything. What made you say, hey, with the five minutes of spare time I have in my schedule once every five weeks, I think I'm going to fill that and go with a Star Wars-based project. Why that? Yeah. I had this fan fiction that I wrote back years ago. It's like, it's 190 pages. It's a ridiculous length. And I had slowly started to do research on audio fiction and audio dramas and listening to them and how awesome they are. And my creativity was just like, what a great way to put fiction out there, especially because everybody is busy. Audiobook industry itself is just booming. It's just a great time to jump into it. And I was like, well, I've got this project sitting here. It's already written. Why don't we? I mean, you can't go wrong with Star Wars. If you do Star Wars, right, no, that's a lie. You can go I, wrong with Star Wars. You, but you people just... will give you a chance if you say Star Wars. And then you either break their heart or they love it. So with Legacy, people are loving it. I have not broken anybody's heart yet. And I was just like, it was kind of just like a no-brainer. Especially when I got the voice actors to come and, and lend their talents. So many amazing voice actors. Ray is an amazing voice actor. You, oh, James, you. are also an amazing voice actor. Go on. Um, I mean, yes, I know. So there's just amazing talent that it's lent itself to this project. And it's turning out just great. And I'm not saying that other people are saying that. So I'm hyped. I'm so hyped. <laughs> You're just saying what other people are saying. I, I'm just saying what they're saying. That's all I'm saying. 
Gotcha. I actually just say think you're saying what everyone's thinking already. Never mind just saying. I'm just saying a lot of people love your project. No, I've been seeing a lot of it about this online as well. And people are actually really happy with what you're doing because, you know, there's a tonality, an emotional tonality to Star Wars. I'm just going to put that out there. And you're hitting it. You're nailing it. So if you love what I'm like, good Star Wars, exactly what Crystal's, I cannot recommend Legacy enough to our fan base and to everybody else. So please check it out. Listen to it. Ray, you know, you and I have our differences, but I got to agree with Crystal. You are an amazing talent, great voice actor, the whole thing. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Consume all of it. And by the way, listen to it 18,000 more times because you should. You'll be a better person. All right. With that being said, it's time to get everything started. We've got great opponents. We've got Crystal the Storm. We've got excitement like never before. Let's get this party started. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Transformers, the robot who would never stab you in the back because that's what the lasers are for. Starscream. And representing DC Comics, the one reindeer that Santa really shouldn't make mad, Vixen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is happening? I'm not sure what the deal is. Um, all right. Well done, Ray. All now, right. Be- before right. we go any further, <laughs> before before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match, which are brought to you by Indeed.com, one of our great sponsors, and by the Geek and Game Facebook community, the best place, in my opinion, for all things to do with geek culture. Here are the rules. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. By the way, Crystal, I know these rules are brand new to you. You've never heard these before. Never heard of them. So I hope you're taking notes. All right, rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, there are so many great versions of Starscream. Which one will you be using today? G1 Starscream, keep it going. Love it. I think that's amazing. All right, with Vixen, she's actually appeared live action in a number of different animated series. The CW had one, uh, an animated series as well. I'm going with, surprise, surprise, DC Comics Universe current version of Vixen because she is awesome, mind blown. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. James, I'm going to cut you off right there because now you can go to whowouldwinstore.com and it'll take you straight to our web store. No more hoops to jump through. It's just whowouldwinstore.com. By the way, it's time to celebrate the Who Would Win patron of the week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we're going to have another new patron. We're getting new patrons week after week after week, and I am here to say I appreciate it. We've got Douglas Rigert Johnson here on the show, patron of the week. DRJ? DRJ. That's who we're using? That's incredible. All right, listen, when you have someone as great as that, let's have him take on Damian Wayne. Damian Wayne. Now, DRJ is, of course, the streets know him, is an acclaimed ninja acrobatic expert. So this is really pitting strength on strength when you go against the clone of Batman trained by the League of Assassins, Damian Wayne. Now, the one big thing, because they both have roughly equal ninja training, and I would actually argue that Damian Wayne has the better tech. 
But DRJ has one big thing, size. Damian Wayne is very small. And when it comes to having to fit through, say, like a grate or a, an air vent, you got to give Damian Wayne uh, the, the edge right there. And he's going to need to use those to get away because the massive size of Douglas Rygert Johnson is going to be too much. Much like if you have two black belts together and one of them is six foot five and the other one is seven years old, you got to go with the one that's six foot five, DRJ takes out Damian Wayne, lets him escape. It is battlefield removal because he has a soul. Douglas does. And you got to give him credit for that. You had me up until the six, five versus seven year old, which happens all the time in certain martial arts schools. Does all right, this, this makes complete sense in a battle. DRJ, Dr. J himself comes out victorious over Damian Wayne. Remember you two can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's gonna do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Starscream. Starscream is a Transformer and second in command of the villainous Decepticons. He first appeared in the comic book Transformers number one back in 1984. In animation, he's been voiced notably by Chris Lotta, Tom Kenny, and of course, our very own Frank Todaro. Treacherous, cunning, and ambitious, Starscream acts as Megatron's right-hand man and leader of the Decepticon Air Forces. Starscream is a 9 million year old robot who can transform into various aircraft depending on his iteration. Originally, it was a McDonnell Douglas F-15 Eagle. Starscream's most notable feature is his constant desire to overthrow Megatron and lead the Decepticons by himself. Can relate. And despite him trying constantly for 9 million years, Megatron still keeps him around for reasons... Rule of two. Fun fact. The name Starscream is legendary and obviously perfectly encapsulates the character. But did you know that was not supposed to be his original name? Yeah. In early drafts, the Transformer that we know as Thundercracker was going to be called Starscream. And Starscream was going to be called Ulchtar. Ulchtar, everybody. Yeah, that name's really lame. But we can thank we can thank writer Bob Budiansky for the change. And he's also the guy who named Megatron too, so he knows what's up. That is Starscream. Here are the important details for Vixen. Vixen, aka Mari McKay, was created by the team of Jerry Conway and Bob Oxner and first appeared in Action Comics number 521 back in July of 1981. In ancient Ghana, the warrior Tantu asked Anansi the Spider to create a totem that would give the wearer all of the powers of the animal kingdom, only if they would use the power to protect the innocent. Tantu then used the totem to become Africa's first legendary hero. The totem was later passed down to Tantu's descendants until it reached Vixen's family. Mari McCabe ultimately moved to America, where she established an identity and worked as a model in New York City. She used her newfound wealth to travel the world, and on a trip back to Africa, she came across her villainous uncle and took back the Tantu Totem, using its power to become the costume superhero Vixen. Since then, Vixen has established herself as a member of the Suicide Squad and, most notably, the Justice League, where DC's trinity of Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman often count her as among the most respected members of the League. And here's an interesting fact about Vixen. Did you know that in the 80s, Vixen was part of the least popular version of the Justice League ever? It's true. Back in the 80s, the writers of DC Comics had a field day creating massive crossover events, rebooting characters, and even creating new versions of the Justice League. In one particularly forgettable storyline, Aquaman decides to kick out any member of the Justice League who didn't commit themselves 100% to only being part of the team. In this brilliant move, Aquaman kicked out Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman, amongst others, as they had lives outside of the League. How dare they? Not missing a beat, Aquaman replaced the Trinity with such great characters as Vibe, the breakdancing hero, the illusion casting and somewhat xenophobically named Gypsy, the superhero who preferred to go barefoot because who needs shoes, and Vixen. Well, two or three ain't too bad. Anyway, the, this version of the Justice League lasted for two years and was so popular that at one point it actually came close to being ranked as, and I quote, moderately acceptable. Luckily, DC Comics killed off this version of the League by, you guessed it, killing off Gypsy and Vibe in the last oh issue. What was the name of this literary masterpiece, you may be asking yourself? Well, it was called Justice League Detroit. 
Mm. Just like their football team, Race to Canis, Detroit wow. also had a stinker of a superhero team. Wow. I blame Race to Canis for all of wow. this, Justice League Detroit, and I'm not the only one. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Crystal, do you want to join Justice League Detroit, or do you have any questions before we get started? I do not want to join Justice League Detroit, and I have no questions. I am very excited to, uh, to see how these two characters are going to match up. Yeah, I, I don't come into this match with a lot of knowledge, so I'm I'm ready for uh, your attempts at uh, shenanigans and tricks. So I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just thinking Justice League Detroit. Mm-hmm. Didn't Marvel have like the the Great Lakes Avengers at mm-hmm. one point? Like another, this, I don't know. Listen, that would have been the battle. That's where Marvel, the MCU, needs to go. Sometimes writers just need to be told no. You just know? think you need to be hired by Marvel yeah. right now. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. Hey, they can call me. Race Canis. Let's get this party started. Hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Starscream. Let's just talk about some of the obvious things that we know about Starscream, being that he is a hulking, Decepticon, transforming, giant robot. He's got a giant robot body. His size alone. Look, Vixen is a normal human-sized person. Vixen is mere, at best, Vixen is going to be six feet tall. I don't know exactly how tall she's listed at in any of the wikis, because I don't bother to look up simple things like that that are unimportant. Let's even call her six foot, even if she isn't. That's fine, because Starscream is 20 feet tall and 120 tons of weight. She's not going to be able to move him. She's not going to be able to find pressure points that work on him. He's a giant hulking robot, and she is a tiny, tiny flesh and bone human being. Yes, she has some powers, but what are these powers possibly going to do against an immovable object like Starscream? Uh, And that's my point number one. I'm done. That's my point one and two. No, I'll keep going anyway. What the heck? One of the cool things about Starscream is that he can also transform. He transforms into a jet or a series of jets based again on the iteration, which means he can fly. Now, I personally don't know if Vixen can fly, but I don't see no wings or jet boots on her. And if you have one character, as we learned last week, who can fly versus one who can't fly, You got to go with the one who can fly and hit from a distance, especially if they have long range attacks. Let me check my notes. Oh, yes. Starscream can fly at Mach 2.8 and drop cluster bombs from the sky. So all he has to do is fly up in the air, drop a whole bunch of bombs, shoot a whole bunch of lasers, and Vixen's already done in this battle. He has something else called the Null Ray, which isn't going to specifically do anything to Vixen because it really is is an anti-machine weapon. But if she does have any kind of electronics, machines... You know, any kind of, I'm just basically looking out for dirty tricks from James because you know he likes to pull that one-time use weapon or, or, or tank or something. But if she tries any of that nonsense, the Null Ray is going to take it right out. And let's talk about those lasers that are affixed to his arms because those lasers have been known to literally blow out the tops of mountains. There's one point where there was a little Autobot base in the cartoon and Starscream's like, I don't need to go just yet. Hold on. I know we've defeated the Autobots. They're still inside the base. Their bodies are destroyed, broken, and beaten. He shoots off the top of the mountain, causing a cave-in of the base just by himself. 
That is powerful, destructive force. And not only can he fly, he can fly into space because he is a robot who does not need to breathe. So he could just grab Vixen if he wanted to, fly her up into space, and just hang out reading a book, perhaps a book by noted author Crystal Storm. And he could (laughs) benefit his own life and enrich himself while he watches Vixen blow up in the vacuum of space. The last couple things to mention is the fact that he beat another Autobot named Brawn, who's known as one of the better fighters. He's not Optimus Prime, but he's maybe a 1A tier right behind him. One-on-one combat, Starscream took out Brawn, who's another giant fighting robot with powers that could actually hurt him. And finally, electricity absorption. It's a noted power of Starscream and his robot body. If uh, if Vixen tries any of these lightning-based attacks that you think, ooh, robot, lightning, it will work. No. Take those thoughts out of your head right now, because Starscream can absorb electricity, both the natural kind and the artificial kind as well. In short, he's too big, too fast, too powerful, and Vixen has no chance in this battle, and that's my point number one. I would like you to lose one more adjective to describe how big he is. Huge. Love it. Love it. All right, Race to Canis. A lot of fun ways that you're describing Starscream and you're kind of sinking your own ship here, but I'll, I'll get into more details about that later. Let me kind of go over some facts here. Vixen is 5'9", I'll have you know. That's just because I just wanted to say it. Uh, let's see, he can transform into a jet, flying at Mach 2.8. Yeah, absolutely. He can drop bombs. One thing that's interesting about Starscream is that he does have limited ammo. He has limited energon. You know, so in other words, if he uses his lasers quite a bit, then, you know, he's got to refuel and what have you. Not something that's going to be easily done or even capable of being done in this fight. And then finally, about Braun. Listen, Braun, just for you, you guys to know, I remember Braun was a shorter Autobot, around the same height as Bumblebee, you know, the yellow little uh, bug, whatever you want to call it. And he was known for having a lot of strength, not having great firepower, not really being a great fighter, just being like a kind of burly, strong, shorter uh, Autobot. So uh, uh, shooting him in the movie where everyone was getting shot and killed, I don't know. I I think that's cool, but I don't think that really establishes Starscream as like the, the badass that you're putting him out to be. So let me get to my point number one. Let's talk about Vixen and the obvious for Vixen, which is her ability to kind of use animal mimicry. So according to the official DC Comics wiki, by tapping into the Tantu totem, this is something that Vixen wears, she has the power to mimic the abilities of any animal she knows of and any animals in the surrounding area. The ability apparently gives her intuitive understanding of the animals and what abilities they have that may be useful in the situation. She can switch between the abilities with ease in a split second. Now, what's really interesting is that Vixen has the proportionate power of any animal's ability she takes on. Now, what does that mean? Spider-Man has the proportionate power of a spider. He's got super strength. He can jump super high, super durable. So that's what happens with Vixen. She takes on the proportionate strength of that creature. In other words, it gets magnified. So let's talk about what she can do. She's got accelerated healing, right? Which is really cool. She uses the healing from like earthworms, lizards, and snakes, which means she can heal within seconds. That's really cool. She's got the power of adhesion, which is pretty much just mimicking what Spider-Man can do, climbing to walls, taking objects. She's got electrokinesis, you know, using like the power of electric heal. She can shoot out electrical energy, also absorb 
absorb it. Uh, and that's just something that's really, really cool. She's got energy resistance, which means, uh, you know, using the Pompeii worm, she can take energy blasts or any type of energy-based laser attacks, no problem. She can tank them and even absorb that energy, which is really, really cool. She's got enhanced senses, you know, coming from a wolf, dogs, cats, the whole thing. So she's got superhuman sight, smell, and hearing. Good luck with Starscream trying to sneak up on her or hit her or something she's not ready for. She can fly. She can channel the power of a hawk, a falcon, eagle. By the way, Vixen has been clocked at being able to fly as fast as Mach 2. A little bit slower than Starscream, but not horrible. She's got super leaping ability because she can channel the power of a cricket, frog, anything that can leap. Remember, a cricket is about two inches long. It's a big cricket and can jump at least three feet in the air. So proportionally, that means it's been in the comic books too. She can jump 100 feet in the air. That is crazy. She's got superhuman uh, agility with the reflexes of like monkeys, gazelles, snow leopards. She's got superhuman durability. This is crazy. She channels the power of both a rhino and an abalone shell, which means the shell is roughly, I'm reading this properly, 3,000 times more fracture resistant than a single crystal of calcium carbonate, which I guess evidently is very durable. And she has this proportionally to herself, which is why she can tank punches from Superman. Very, very crazy. Uh, let's see, super stamina. She can fight for days. She's got superhuman speed, you know, channeling a cheetah and everything else. Superhuman strength. You know, I know Starscream weighs 120 pounds, 120 tons. That's awesome. Keep in mind, she can channel the power of a whale. And a whale weighs over, I think it's about, a big blue whale weighs about 200 tons and is insanely strong. That's what she can channel into herself. Remember, she can hang with Superman in certain situations. She's going to have the strength not only to hurt Starscream, but to move him. Swimming, she can swim like a dolphin, a shark, or a killer whale. She's got toxic kinesis. This is really cool. Now, of course, she can create uh, poisons through her body and all that kind of good stuff. That won't affect Starscream, but she can, uh, and this is really cool, she can create acid the same way a, bom a bombardier, sorry, I'm thinking in French, bombardier, a bombardier beetle, is that what it's called? And Redwood ants can, they can shoot acid from their abdomen. She can also shoot, create and shoot tons of acid that absolutely destroys metal, armor, robot, robotic armor, robots, the whole thing. She can dismantle it. Starscream's going to be in a hell of a fight for, with this. Look, let me sum this up. Imagine Spider-Man, except he was bitten by an elephant, a shark, a bombardier beetle, an eagle, all at the same time, and all those powers he would have, and 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 they would all be proportionate. So she could do everything Spider-Man can do, except if she was bitten by an elephant, by literally bitten by every animal in a zoo, or in a forest, or in a jungle, and that's what she can channel. Look, Starscream is impressive. He really is an impressive Decepticon warrior, but he's facing someone who just has way too many weapons at their disposal. That's my point number one. You know, I'm glad that you brought up the cricket example because Vixen ain't the only one here taking giant leaps is all I'm trying to say here, James Gavsey. I just don't really see her saying, mm, I'm fighting this giant robot. Better make myself the weight of a whale. Like, that's not going to help anybody anywhere as he blasts her into oblivion. And my understanding is Vixen can only channel one of these abilities at a time, uh, right? She cannot channel five, six animals simultaneously. Point number two... Listen to what Ray just said. Actually, she can. But I'll, I'll talk more about that okay. in my point number two. That's fine. And you talk about proportional strength, which means that it will be limited to that which can exist inside of a human body. She's not all of a sudden going to turn into, oh, I'm going to channel the power of a whale so I automatically weigh as much as a whale, much in the same way you don't channel a spider and lift as much as a spider. That It's proportional, James. It's proportional to ah. your size and your characteristics. And again, you're taking gigantic leaps it's... with this character, and I don't blame you for it because 
because I'm killing you right now. Now, the other thing I want to take right here, James, because this is my segment, not yours, <laughs> is I want to mention that, oh, oh, Starscream has a limited number of shots. I've seen in the cartoon Starscream rip off like 50 shots just in the background while other people are talking. So I don't think I'm too worried about that. How many of these powerful mountain busting shots is it really going to take to put Vixen down for the count for the mere amount of time that we need her to so Starscream can declare victory and then walk away safely. Not a whole heck of a lot. We've got somebody who can jump like a cricket, and I just, I'm sorry, at the end of the day, that's not going to be enough to defeat a hulking, transforming robot. Magic, Ray. All that stuff that you thought, and this is me just saying this research, it actually is true. She does channel weight and everything. It's crazy. Now, Crystal Storm, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at with this fight so far? God, I love you guys. That's kind of where my head's at to start with. Um, okay, to start with number one, I like these characters a lot. Uh, I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Uh, I'm very curious to see what kind of shenanigans you guys pull as these two clash against each other. I will say, uh, and I know I'm bringing this to the show as as the judge this week, that I would like to hear during cross-examination, which is one of my favorite parts of any debate, more actual questions and cross and digging into each other's points than using it as a speech like Ray tends to do. Interesting. That is that is a very interesting I thing. I actually want to hear cross on cross. That's, that's crazy, Crystal, because that's not what the segment is, but you're the judge. I know. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> you invited me back. You remember that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just funny. I, I have things to say. I'm just too afraid of Crystal. And I've been cow tackling contests. It's true, you know, and and literally nothing. Ray, you've seen who, you know. Anyway. I've seen the video. Yeah, yeah, and, no. and I've. But for some reason, Crystal just. I respect Crystal is what I'm trying to say because I fear her. I want you to bring it, guys. That's all. That's We're all. We're gonna bring it. Okay, That's Ray Sicanus. I like where you're going with this. I Me like too. what you're doing with Starscream because he's an awesome character. Hit us with point number two. Point number two for Starscream. Let's just talk about some of the basics. Strength and durability, because these are the two things. You can have the proportional strength, you know, uh, of Spider-Man, who's got, what, 25-ton strength? Isn't that sort of in the level where he is? Which is very, very impressive. But I mentioned before, Starscream is 120 tons. You're going to need a lot more to take this guy off his feet than what she's able to produce, Let's talk about that because one of the things in researching Starscream, I watched a lot of Transformers cartoons because like I need an excuse to do that. Well, I'm (laughs) going to take it for a battle like this. One of the things I noticed is that he does get hit a lot with blaster fire. He gets people thrown into him all the time. He gets punched. He gets knocked over by these large, otherwise hulking equal robots. And he never shows the damage on his body. And you might say it's an animation thing. I say that it's a Starscream thing because I watched him get knocked off the top of a very high ziggurat and bounce his way down the steps all the way to the ground below, got up, no visible damage whatsoever, was able to keep on fighting. One time he was standing in like a cave front with some Energon cubes and Optimus Prime in truck form rolled into the cave and bowled him over, just absolutely smashed him with the front of the truck when he wasn't looking because he had a whole bunch of Energon cubes in front of him and he just was fine. No physical damage. He got up. He was able to keep fighting. That's the whole deal is that his strength is just super, super high. We're talking about a human. 
We're talking about a metahuman, but a human. So you're not going to tell me this 20-foot robot can't just pick her up and throw her, James. Even though she's channeling a whale, James, he's going to be able to pick her up and throw her into a mountain and then blow up the mountain, causing the whole thing to uh, collapse on top of her. It's a very easy victory condition for a character like Starscream. Heck, he once took a full blast from Megatron, the guy who literally is a gun. He took a full blast, I've seen it multiple times in the cartoon show, and he just got up and keep going. Now he said, ow, you know, he might've gotten knocked backwards a little bit, but again, no physical damage seen on his body. He's able to keep up and keep going. He took a full blast from Devastator. Devastator is when you have all the Constructicons and they get to be like an even bigger robot, like a 50 foot tall robot instead of just a 20 foot tall robot. He took a full on blast from a powerhouse Devastator character, cracked the rock behind him when he got flung into it, but got up no physical damage and he was fine. He's taken full punches, not just a blast, but punches for Megatron as well, and kept on going, and, and his attacks against other ones. We already talked about Brawn, a very, very strong character. You could argue that Brawn's strength is absolutely going to be something more than Vixen is going to be able to dish out. He was able to dispatch with Brawn, no problem. He easily slapped a character named Rumble aside, who's a tiny, only like... 12 foot or 10 foot robot slapped him aside, like literally backhanded him across a room. And this guy's bigger than Vixen. And he was able to just do that to him and knock him down. Heck, I watched Starscream get into a fight straight up with Megatron, punch him and knock Megatron to the floor. Megatron is one of the top two most powerful transformers out there. And he knocked him to the floor. And then durability wise, strength's high, durability's high. You talk about some of this acid thing from the previous point. Well, I've seen Starscream get covered and encased in lava and walk out of it with no physical damage, and he was absolutely just fine. So if he can survive lava, he's absolutely going to be able to survive whatever nonsense poison thing that Vixen is going to be able to put out there. At the end of the day, he's going to come out of this battle without a scratch on him, and I cannot say the same for Vixen, and that's my point number two. Interesting. Okay, a lot I got to push back on right there. Now, before I do that, let me just put it this way. Vixen, when she channels an animal, let's say a whale, she does weigh as much as that whale. That's how she took out Aquaman. She jumped up in the air, came careening down on Aquaman, took on the weight of a whale, and took him out right then and there. It is it, Again, it's magic. It's a magical totem she's got, she's channeling, that it enables her to take on the weight and strength of whatever it is she's taking on. All right, now with that being said, there's some interesting things I've seen in, in the start in the in uh, the Transformers uh, series. Love all of it, but some crazy stuff. First of all, Starscream he, he's durable, but he has been shot by Megatron, where all of a sudden fumes and stuff starts coming out from his shoulder, what have you. He does get hurt. One time, you know, talking about how strong Star how strong Starscream is, he was holding a what looked like some type of powerful laser rifle, pointing at it. A human who hung out with the Decepticons, I believe it was Spike Witwicky, took a mm -hmm. rock a rock, a human, a teenage human, and threw it at the hand of Starscream and knocked the gun out of his hand. A human being took a rock and threw it at his hand and knocked the gun, this huge massive gun, out of Starscream's hand. Doesn't sound too powerful if that can happen. Let's see. Also, Starscream was taken out eventually, and this is a sad part for me, for the uh, iconic Transformers movie. This character, Megatron, was turned into Galvatron. Galvatron, you know, Starscream then says, hey, I'm going to take over the Decepticons. Megatron's no more. Megatron's turned into Galvatron. He shows up, takes out Starscream with one shot. So sure, he's durable and all that. It only took one shot from Galvatron to completely destroy him. 
very sad moment for me. I didn't like seeing one of my favorites kind of going out and Star Scream is indeed one of my favorites. Now, with that being said, here's my point number two, and let's talk more about the cool stuff that Vixen can do. So, first of all, without any of their powers or anything, she's an expert fighter. She's considered by Batman to be an incredible, in his words, hand-to-hand combatant, even without her powers. She is a badass. She's considered to be a world-class battle tactician, which means she has the ability to, again, DC Wiki says it, analyze an opponent on the spot and come with a plan of attack immediately. Now, this is something she's done many, many times. Here's another fun fact. Even without tapping into her animal mimicry powers, evidently Vixen already has superhuman strength, agility, speed, and stamina. So that means when she taps in the animal powers, it just adds on to what she's already got. I'm loving this character of Vixen's. Now, besides all of that, you have to consider how Vixen's powers work. There's this magical field in DC Comics. Um, There's the red, there's the green, there's the gray, and all of these things associate with an aspect of nature. Now, the red within the DC Universe is a magical link that connects all animal life within the universe. And this means all animals, large or small, are connected with it. And Vixen, because she's connected to the red, she's connected to all animals. She is the focal point, allowing her to borrow abilities from any animal anywhere that's connected to the red, which means all animals. So because Vixen's connected to the red, she's got some additional abilities, powers, and just overall cool things she can do. She's got telepathy, right? A really cool format. Using the totem and and this connection to the red, she can communicate with and control animals just like Aquaman can with sea life. Vixen can call on all animals to come help, you know, Let's see, whether it's a forest, a jungle, a huge area, she can call on all of them to come in to help her. Really, really cool. What's Starscream going to do when millions of insects, for example, start to crawl through his body and attack him from the inside? Something she's done before to other creatures because she's, or beings, she's crazy like that. She also possesses razor sharp claws, which she is a master of using combatively. Her claws are so powerful that she easily tore through super strong metals, uh, you know, people wearing battle armor, not too dissimilar to Iron Man, and she even cut open Superman. Man on his face. Superman was like, what the heck is this I'm fighting? Again, could it be because it's magical? It's also because she's very, very powerful and her claws are insane. Uh, let's see, she's got regeneration. So through using the power of channeling flatworms, I didn't know that was even a thing, she's able to regenerate her entire body from almost nothing after it's been vaporized. That is crazy. By the way, why only use abilities from animals that currently exist? Because that's not fun. Vixen evidently can tap into the abilities of animals that have long been deceased, like dinosaurs. She has no problem increasing her strength and durability and weight by tapping into the power of a triceratops, for example. That seems to be her go-to dinosaur. By the way, how does Starscream do against any one of those uh, Autobot dinosaurs named the Dinobots? Oh, that's right. He gets stomped. But just imagine a much stronger version of a Dinobot who's way smarter, has an amazing fighter. And yeah, it just really doesn't look good for Starscream. But, but oh, wait, there's more. Vixen can tap into the powers of, because why not, mythological creatures like dragons. Yeah, and one really crazy thing, all of a sudden, she's tapping into the field of a dragon. Now, to be fair, I think dragons did exist in the DC universe, so it's not like she can just say, like, hey, look, Medusa, I'll tap into that because I read it in a book. I think what DC's trying to say is if this mythical creature existed... For real, she can tap into their powers. She has absolutely tapped into insanely powerful, massive dragons that fly, that are super huge, super powerful, can shoot flames out of the mouth, destroy entire cities. That's what she can tap into. And what makes all of this really fun is that she can use, all, to, Ray, to answer your question, she can use a lot of these animal powers 
a ton of them all at the same time. Like, need to fly in the air like a hawk, dive bomb like an eagle, increase your mass like a triceratops, and absolutely destroy something that the Justice League couldn't destroy, but she can. Not a problem for Vixen. More on that in my point number three, by the way. And if all that was enough, that supernatural force she taps into, it creates this animal aura. So if she taps into, like, a lion, you'll see an aura of a lion around her. She can focus that energy into a personal force field that can tank shots from Superman. Look, she's got magic. She can do all this crazy stuff, mythological mythological creatures, dinosaurs, all the animals around her, Aquaman-like communication. Plus, she is a badass without the totem and still has super strength and all that kind of stuff. Starscream is facing something very, very crazy and awesome. That's my point number two. I mean, the thing that you're bringing up is crazy, James. I don't think that's actually related to who the character really is, but I'll, I'll just keep fighting the version you're pretending is. That's fine. Now, you talk about this Superman example. Superman really wasn't trying to kill her. He was just trying to get around her, and she made him her problem, and she was able to take a couple of shots from Superman. But let's not act like she was fighting him for like an hour straight. She took a couple of shots, and then he ran right through her like he does everybody else. He's Superman. Now, the ability to take a shot from Superman Superman puts her in a decent thing, but she's not able to take lots of those shots. Forget it. And she's also only so big. We already said five foot nine. If she wants to cricket leap up in the air and suddenly become a mere about 100 tons about the size of a whale and try to drop down on Starscream, he's super nimble as a run. He'll just slap her down like the Kembe Matumbo and watch her crater herself into the earth. Now, a hand-to-hand fighter, that'd be great if she was dealing with somebody who had, you know, a, a heart or pressure point or a pulse or nerve endings. She's not. She's fighting somebody three times her size. I'm sorry, your judo moves just are not going to apply when a size matchup is like this. What do you think, James? I gotta tell you, Ray, I'm not really sure where you're coming at this point because, again, magic... She can channel weight into her. She can fly almost as fast as Starscream. All I'm saying is there's a lot she can do that could absolutely take out Starscream thanks to magic and what have you. And in fighting someone who's 20 feet tall, weighs 120 pounds, as awesome as that is, not a problem for her, especially when I show you point number three. I'm still waiting to hear how you just keep shouting the word magic and thinking that's good enough. I need to hear how. I keep giving ways that Starscream can win, and unless you shouting magic 10 more times is the answer, you don't have one. All I'm going to say is, all become point number three, and she's had a number of battles with Superman. The one you're referencing, cool, but she's had a couple of other ones, which I will talk about more, in point number three. With that being said, we're at the turning point. Crystal Storm. (laughs) You've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. (gasps) We're both very passionate about this battle. It's great. I love it where's so your, much. Where's your head at? Who do you think is ahead? And what does the other side have to do to pull out a win? I think if I hear size and or magic one more time, I'm going to be triggered. That's amazing. That's Magical a, he's size? He's huge. Yeah, I love it. Oh, my gosh. You guys are great. Okay. Um, so here's where my head is at. You guys are doing an amazing job of painting a picture. And I like that I'm hearing that before, before point number three. What I want to hear then is I'd actually like, I, I want to hear more about how these two are going to kill, are going to like really take each other out. Um, because where I'm at right now, uh, James, you mentioned in point number two about how Starstream can literally just call in a whole kind of like insect army. Vixen can, sure. Excuse me, Vixen can call in a whole insect army um, to kind of take Starscream out. So I'm very curious how Starscream's going to deal with that. But at the same time, I'm also really curious to hear how, if, if Vixen can actually deal with the fact that one, it seems like Starscream just 
takes a whole lot of punches and gets back up, kind of like Dominic Toretto, and I'm really triggered by that. Mm, um, mm. And and the fact that you know, he's he is, I mean, God, he's huge. He's a big, you know, twenty foot, one hundred and twenty. So is it going to be enough? I want to hear whether or not it is. So that's that's kind of where my head's at for point number three. Interesting. There's a reason why you're a fan favorite. This is possibly going to change my point number three a little bit. No, not at all. Actually, this plays into exactly. I had a feeling this is exactly where we'd be. <laughs> I'm loving this. I'm ready. Ray, hit us with what I think is your knockout shot for point number three. Point number three for Starscream. I want to just talk about the cleverness and the tactical genius that is Starscream. Because you think of him without really having watched the show and you kind of think, oh, you know, he just gets pooped on by Megatron all the time and he's told that he's useless. But the reason why he's kept around is because he's brilliant and he comes up with ideas and tactics that Megatron can't because Megatron is a planner, is a battler, is a brute force you know, punch it open, Sergeant Slaughter kind of a character. Starscream, at the other hand, is a much more character using guile and cunning, and he could trick people and get them into places where they otherwise would not be so he could defeat him. That's why Starscream has defeated and dethroned Megatron many, many times before. Now, is he able to hold on to that power? No, and that's not even important to this battle at all because <laughs> Megatron or somebody else inevitably comes up and is just as awful to him as he was to somebody else and dethrones him right back. That's the fun of it. But this has been happening over 9 million years. I don't know exactly how old Vixen is, but I know she know 9 million years old and Starscream has been constantly in battle for a lot of that time and is still alive. Starscream has 9 million years of combat experience. He's fought everything under the sun, larger than him, smaller than him. There's no power. There's no weight. There's no claw. There's no acid attack that he's not seen 9 million years worth of times before. He's been there, done that to a level that we can't even conceive of, and he's still with us, still crushing people. And one other thing about him that I didn't know until I researched is that Starscream is a former scientist from Cybertron. So he has a brilliant uh, uh, scientific mind on top of the brilliant tactical mind that goes back all of that time. In fact, one of my favorite quotes from Starscream is, everyone has a weakness and I'm going to find it. This is where he's coming from. He's not just some battle and robot punching and shooting until the battle's done. He's actually going to be trying to use his agility, his smarts, and he's going to try to figure out where the holes in her game are, compare it to 9 million years of combat knowledge, and he will find the weakness because that's what he excels at. At the end of the day, who's the one who shoots Megatron when he turns into that giant gun? It's Starscream. He's the one that Megatron trusts at the end of the day to take the shot when it's most important. And I'm not going to try to use Megatron as equipment, although I did think about it, but it just didn't feel fair. One of the things I also love about Starscream is the random acts of violence. There's a lot of kind of evil characters who will say, oh, he's dead, I'll just walk away. I'll give him time to regenerate. Not Starscream. The battle will be over, and you'll just see he's still shooting at him from a distance well after the battle's been over. He doesn't care. He wants to put them down for good. And the other wild thing that I saw was, you know, I thought of Starscream initially, and I'm like, well, I've had problems in the past with characters who like to retreat, and characters who get out of battle if it's not going their way. What I learned from watching way too much Transformers over the past few days is it's always Megatron who calls for the retreat, 
Starscream makes fun of him for it. There's a moment where Megatron's Starscream's like, what do you think, Megatron? You want to retreat, don't you? He's like, yes, let's get out of here. He's like, oh, I couldn't have seen that one coming. The reason is because Starscream wants to stay and fight. But Megatron, his leader, orders him off of the battlefield. If it was up to Starscream, the true leader of the Decepticons and their heart at the end of the day, they would stay and finish those battles. And that's important when you have a regenerating character like Vixen. If you just keep putting damage on them, it doesn't matter how fast it can regenerate because you're keeping them down for two minutes by just constantly damaging them after they're already down, which is what he would do. And the last thing to talk about is his immortal spark. If his body is somehow miraculously destroyed, Starscream's immortal spark, his soul inside his body, can still move around. It can still control other machines, and it acts like a projection of his spirit. His immortal spark is completely indestructible, can travel through space and time. So at the end of the day, even if Vixen gets off some sort of wild, magical, Superman-busting, allegedly, mega hit on Starscream, she can't actually defeat him because his immortal spark stays around. All of that together is a recipe for success for our favorite Decepticon, and it's also my point number three. Race to Canis, race to Canis, race to Canis. I congratulate you on finding your way to today's episode, and that's it. I got nothing else to congratulate you on because you're about to get slam dunked. Here's the deal. First of all, Starscream isn't the only person who handles Megatron when he turns into a gun. That's often done by Soundwave, the real right-hand transport Decepticon of Megatron. I think not according he, to Megatron. According to Megatron. So here's the deal. Starscream sticks around because he's a resource. There's not a whole lot of Decepticons roaming the Earth, at least when Generation 1 Transformers took place. So Megatron's like, ah, I, this guy's whatever. I still need to keep him around because he's a resource. He uses Starscream, not always perfectly, but Starscream gets used. Okay, and abused, by the way. Wait a minute, because he took him with him from Cybertron, where there were lots of resources. He's useful. He's great in combat, James. Starscream. That Cybertron was in the middle of a war. weren't There weren't a ton of uh, Decepticons roaming around at the time when it first started. Now, geez, where are you going to find good soldiers in a war? Right. Hopefully, you would have a lot of them, but there weren't. That's the point I'm trying to make. Now, with that being said, how many times has Starscream, because of something he's done or did, whatever, begged for his life, begged for forgiveness from Megatron? Tactics, James. Tactics. Right. But he got put in that position after being fired upon, being hit, whatever. There's just something not adding up. There's just not something adding up here. That's how smart he is. He keeps himself alive and then immediately will shoot Megatron in the back the second he can. That's brilliance. That's not anything to be weak about. Yeah, but that's why no one else really buys into him as leader, right? Even when he tried to usurp the throne... A lot of Decepticons just wouldn't follow him as leader. Soundwave said it. Rumble said it. Very eloquently, if I may ask, that no one just believes in him. No one respects him. So the Decepticons won't even join him if he does try to take out Megatron. Now, with that being said, the spark is a really interesting thing. Starscream's spark survived when the body got destroyed by Galvatron, but then didn't actually do anything for millions of years until it showed up on that planet where Beast Wars, where the Transformers were like animals and robots. Don't don't remind me. Yeah, I know. It's your favorite series, right? I had to bring that up. So it wasn't really a thing for millions of years. Remember, we only need two minutes to stay safe. I don't think millions of years is going to qualify. All right. 
with that being said, let me get to my point number three. Let's talk about Starscream's issues and Vixen's big wins. Now, uh, Ray, you're going to find this very surprising. I disagree with you 100%. Starscream is not the most tactical of people, Decepticons, whatever you want to call them. He has horrible judgment, and his timing is insanely bad. Very, very bad. For example, did you know it was thanks to Starscream that the Autobots were even alive on planet Earth? Now, Ray, you talked about Starscream's lasers, you know, as, as you know, hitting that mountaintop after... They were resuscitated. And what happened? Well, the movement of all those rocks based off that mountaintop kind of coming down triggered Teletran 1 to continue repairing the Autobots. He resuscitated. Starscream helped to resuscitate the Autobots. Instead of just saying, great, the Autobots are dead. Let's take our win. Let's get out of here. No, 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 no. He's like, nah, they're dead. They can't do anything. I'm going to shoot them again. And that's what brought the Autobots back to life. That's thanks to Starscream. Okay. Let's see. Another time, Starscream announced how he wanted to dispose of Megatron and become the leader of Decepticons in front of Megatron. Genius move. That's like standing right in front of me and saying how you want to steal all my stuff and kick my ass. And just like that one guy years ago found out how very bad of an idea that was, so did Starscream as he got his ass beat by Megatron, shot, and that's where all the smoke came out of his shoulder, the whole thing. And they start begging for forgiveness, the whole thing. Megatron's like, yeah, strike one, whatever. And if you're wondering about that guy who said all that stuff to me, don't worry, everything's fine. He's dead now. He can't talk to us smack about anyone else. Now, speaking of Starscream, did you know that he often likes to pull a race to Canis? It's true. He'll tell you how great he is, how everyone should be so happy to be in his presence. And while that's all happening, he'll be so blind, so absolutely preoccupied with what he's saying that he'll completely miss what I'm actually pulling off during a Who Would Win debate. And you know who takes advantage of people, people's arrogance the same way? Well, it's Vixens. In one instance, she's fighting this super powerful villain named Havoc. Now, Havoc is this creature. He was this warlord, the most powerful villain from another planet, comes to Earth, and he's like, I'm going to take on whoever's here, and I'm going to take over the Earth. And it was Vixen who's taking him on. So Havoc's like making fun of Vixen, throwing shots, trying to hit her, and Vixen's making a miss, and she's hitting, moving, hitting, moving, sticking, and moving, and all of a sudden Havoc's like, what are you doing? You suck. And all of a sudden he collapses on the ground. He can't move. And Vixen put the powers of a poisonous frog into his into her body, and every time she touched him with a hit, it poisoned him a little bit more, a little bit more. After like 10 minutes, finally he was overloaded, hit the ground. What's really important is the combined team of Batman Black Canary, and Lobo. Lobo, who fights Superman, they couldn't take out Havoc, but Vixen did because she's great at the tactical fight. Now, let's talk about some big wins for Vixen. She fought and incapacitated, which means beat Solomon Grundy. Now, his power levels go all over the place, but this is when Solomon Grundy was kind of channeling Hulk-like powers. She took out Solomon Grundy. She took on a mind-controlled Superman, fought him to a standstill until she could deliver the antidote she somehow got and cure him. Now, it did take all of her power to even do that, and she knew like getting hit more by Superman would take her out, but she got enough shots in, tanked enough of his shots, got that, uh, that that cure into him, woke him up. That's a definite ability to take and stand you know, with punches with Superman, at least for quite some time. But there's an opponent who's even more impressive than Superman that she took out. And it's an android slash robot. It's someone who takes on the Justice League and gives them fits. It's Amazo, okay? Now, Amazo copies all the powers and weapons of every member of the Justice League and uses them together all at the same time. And he's regularly too powerful for Superman by himself or with Wonder Woman and all the other heavy hitters in DC Universe kind of put together. And if they beat him, it's simply through battlefield removal where they kind of push him through a portal or get rid of him some way because he's just too much of a force. However, Vixen took him out completely. Remember that whole flying like an eagle and then dropping down at high speed and putting your weight like a 
like a triceratops into your body. That's what she did against Amazo. She so she flew up high in the air like a falcon, and she said, "You know what flies really fast is some peregrine eagle, whatever." She dive bombs as she's dive bombing towards Amazo. She puts a triceratops weight through her and durability and crashes right through Amazo's body, takes him out completely. He drops to the ground completely deactivated. That's Amazo who takes on the Justice League, who's too much for Superman by himself. Look, if she can take out Amazo and, she, and take out Solomon Grundy, Havoc, and just kind of be someone who takes out heavy hitters from the DC Universe, she's taking out Starscream. In the end, look, Vixen's going to outthink Starscream. She's going to outmaneuver him, outpower him. And Starscream, with his arrogance, is going to do two things. He's going to completely underestimate her. And number two, he's going to like be extremely overconfident and just start to talk, babble, and completely miss what she's about to do because she is a planner, a tactician. All that together is my point number three. I mean, good, good, good going with some of that right there. Now, hold on, because a lot of weird things happen in DC. If you're going to sit here and tell me Lobo and Batman couldn't take on this random stooge named Havoc, I already know whose story this is right now. You know, it's like... Uh, it's like Eddie Murphy once said, you might be able to kick my butt in real life, but if I get you in a movie, I'm going to kick your butt. If I get you in a Vixen gets you in a Vixen comic, irrational things are going to happen. Let's not forget the Justice League couldn't take down Catwoman. Catwoman defeated in one fell swoop, Batman, Superman, The Flash, Green Lantern in about 10 seconds, beat all four of them at the same time. So DC Comics does some weird things at weird times, depending on who they want to be the feature of that particular event it's hard to kind of maneuver that uh, apples to apples comparisons now you talked about amazo and amazo's great you know he has the powers of him now i don't know the specifics of that particular battle i know when she fought amazo the one time i did see it is that she channeled the powers uh, of humans who are animals and she channeled the justice league's powers which is not a thing she can normally do and those powers faded within time so when you know when she beats amazo it's with uh, what i've seen at least powers that she doesn't normally have it was a very situational thing and she fought superman to the point she could hit him with an antidote does she have an antidote for starscream that's gonna make him stop fighting no because they're not friends this is the you know superman's not trying was holding back in that battle even if he's mind controlled the what because the earth would be gone if he wasn't okay he was holding back. There's no antidote going to stop Starscream, so she's just going to take that pounding to what you said, James. She couldn't have taken much more, but Starscream has more to do, and I have an answer for the insects. You know, we saw the Unicron example of when uh, uh, other entities were inside the body. There were natural defenses that popped up. Inside a transformer, we have to assume there's a lot of electrical current because they are robots. And what happens to insects? We've all seen that thing you put outside your patio where all the insects fly into it and get zapped. That's what would happen if she tries to put insects inside of Starscream. Look, at the end of the day, Starscream is, is as Crystal would say, he's too big. He's too powerful. I've displayed the tactics. I've displayed multiple ways that he's going to win this battle. And all the different ways that Vixen can come up with Starscream, 9 million years of battle, uh, combat experience. He's got answers for someone who can hit hard, someone who can fly, someone who can be heavy. He's got answers for all of this, James. Continuing to shoot them even after you've beaten them is good, actually. And it's good here. That's all I've got to say. It's good to keep shooting dead enemies when you have limited 
ammo and energy. It isn't a who would win battle. I'm uh, not really sure about that race to Canis. Listen, uh, by the way, just for clarification, the the instance you're quoting, that's she had already lost all the abilities to mimic powers from humans. That was a limited thing. I didn't bring that up because again, yeah. limited. But in that thing I quoted with Amazo, that was that was sorry, those were all her powers. All right, Crystal Storm. You've heard three. <laughs> actually, you've heard about five points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. I cram them in there. That's true. They're good though. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Starscream and Vixen. This is a close one. I like this one. This is uh, this is fun. This one has me pondering a little bit. I will say that I was very pleased with everybody's point number threes this time. Uh, I think, James, you didn't rely too much on the win-loss record because, you know me, I'm kind of like meh on because I know comics get crazy. And I think you both equally pulled out some craziness. I like that. I like that. I see it in my head. I see this fight in my brain. And I think how this is coming down for me is I feel like Vixen matches up very well against Starscream, even though he's this big, hunking, giant transformer. Um, I think that, James, you made a really good case in your point number two about how, you know, she's an expert fighter and can analyze and fight and figure things out. Ray, I think you did a really good job of painting the picture of how, you know, she's this tiny human and he's got nine million years of experience and it's not really going to matter what she throws at him. That she can't take him. Here's where my thought process is on this. James, you made a very compelling point about how this guy is very arrogant. And where I see this fight kind of going is he's doing a lot of smack talking. He's missile launching. Um, but again, it was painted very clearly in point number two, how fast she is, how she can move and duck and dodge and that sort of thing. And Starscream to me, based on what you said, raised, doesn't seem like as much as a precision fighter as Starscream has or as Vixen has to be because she's smaller a fighter, a smaller kind of opponent going up against these larger opponents. So I kind of think that's what gives her the edge here is, okay, this is this big giant hunking robot. I've got to do X, Y, Z to beat this. Whereas Starstream is going to look at her and be like, at <laughs> flick and try that. And I don't know if that's going to work against this character as this big of an arsenal um, to try and pull this out. And I will say, I heard you about the immortal spark. But then James said that thing doesn't actually activate nine million years. And you didn't refute that. So I'm going to have to go with, yes, he has an immortal spark. But nine million years later, he's going to be mad about it and come get Starscream or come get Vixen. So I am going to have to give this one to Vixen. And that's why Crystal's what? an awesome judge. In what world? I didn't have to refute it, Crystal, because in my point was he can control other machines and project his spirit immediately afterwards. I don't care what James said, quoting a one-off <laughs> movie care. example. I'd refuted it before he even said anything. What are you talking about right now? I said what I said. <laughs> you have a chance to take it back. I said what I said. Crystal, you know, you're you're someone who who weighs the pros and cons of everything. Like, you know, to. you make notes uh, mm -hmm. for the for our fan base who the, the three people who are not familiar with you, but who will now be familiar with you after the show. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they we all know that you weigh everything in a big way. You don't take favorites and you just kind of go by what we're saying. And I think you did that perfectly today. Ray, you came across with, I think, an adequate argument. Um, but mm -hmm. I think it was the personality of Starscream and also the fact that Vixen's going to look at that and find weak spots. And by yeah. the way, billions of bugs attacking the insidey places of Starscream, that's going to take an effect. That's all I'm saying. I'm happy with this decision. Crystal, please come back again. Ray, with that being said, how do you feel right now? <laughs> I don't 
don't understand what just happened because I saw Crystal's face when I explained again the thing I'd said before, and she looked at me like she'd never heard me say those words before. I get more apology letters from judges than the Detroit Lions get from the NFL uh, 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 offices because I get screwed by people either not understanding the rules or not listening to the points being made, and I can't help but feel that's exactly exactly what just happened again and i don't know what to do i say the words and people just don't listen i'm sorry i wasn't listening i do want to congratulate you on the use of the word um ziggurat i I was not familiar with that word and i and i'm highly educated i had never heard that word before so congratulations um you get a uh uh kudos by the way, who, if you were a who would win judge who has actually sent Ray an apology letter, I know that myself and Delvin, at least, would love to have a conversation with you because we made this whole video about how to be a good who would win judge, and that wasn't in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, Crystal, Crystal, Crystal. You know what? I got to tell you, uh, I've, I've said this about you <laughs> so many times. Hold on. No, I've said this about you so many times. You are the adult in the room. Try. Try. You guys make it hard. You guys make it hard sometimes. You do. It's, it's what we do. All right, Crystal, mm-hmm. you are amazing. Please <laughs> come back, first of all. And secondly, love tell, tell our audience one more time where they can find you online and where they can listen to Legacy. Absolutely. Uh, Ray is still in Legacy. I'm not going to cut his lines. I'm going to let James be in Legacy, too. So Ray is fantastic in Legacy. So even though you're going to agree with me about today's decision, you should still come listen to Jay, to Ray in Legacy. Uh, ChrisImagination.com. You can listen to Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama, literally everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, Spotify, Apple, uh, Podcast Addict. Everybody's downloading it from Podcast Addict, according to my analytics. YouTube, wherever. So yeah, crystalimagination.com for all of my projects. Stay tuned for fun things. And I cannot wait to come back to the Who Would Win show and make Ray mad at me. Seems to be a common occurrence. Ray. Ray loves me. He does. He can't help it. Ray, I'd like to say uh, congratulations. And also, uh, well done on uh, being here. That's a thing. You made it. And you were also uh, debating. So two wins kind of for you. Tell our audience where they can find you online. <clears throat> Greetings. Our Commander Starscream here. I'd say I was angry with you humans, but in truth, I am simply disappointed. All of your fictions and fabrications were entertaining for a fleeting moment. Be it James's misguided predisposition towards the maniacal Megatron, or Ray's bolstered bravado in the face of his own impending doom. An admittedly admirable quality, I must say. But this... this blasphemy... This slander is a trespass not so easily overlooked. You have made an enemy in Starscream this day, and those legions which are under my command. Who would win? You have just lost. Except for you, Ray, who's still on for golf next week, right? First of all, I'd like to thank Crystal Storm for her final appearance on the Who Would Win show. <laughs> That's been great, uh, it, really, it really was a pleasure for James. 
Um, sure was. Personally, I prefer, I, I think I, me and Delvin Cox, no, who am I kidding? I'd never do it with Delvin Cox. I think by myself, I need to run an hour-long Twitch stream on what it takes to be an acceptable who would win judge. And I can use examples of Crystal Storm, <laughs> Delvin Cox, and so many other judges <laughs> as what is unacceptable in a judge and show you, show you that listening is key. That when I bring up a point for the second, third, fourth time I said it on the show, and you go wild-eyed like you've never heard words in those shapes and forms and sentences before, I have to assume you just aren't paying attention. Crystal Storm, shame on you. Shame on you. I am about to boycott my own 30-minute <laughs> emperor monologue that you already have your possession of. I don't know if I can I can sign off on that being released to the world now mm -hmm. because you've wronged me so hard <laughs> and you've really wronged the people mm -hmm. so hard in this battle. Now you have to punish the people twice and they will not get that 30-minute supercut of Emperor that is in your possession. I am pulling the brakes on it immediately. Sorry, Legion of Audience, but really I'm sorry, Rainiacs. I'm sorry, Awkward Allies. Crystal Storm did that to you, not... Not Ray. Legion of Audience, you know I love you. You know I do. I love you guys most of all. Ziggurat. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. What I'm going what to say is. right now is you can, of course, find me on Twitter, <laughs> at Almighty Ray. I can, only, I can only toss it over to the people. You heard both sides. You heard 19 or 20 points from me, and you heard some <laughs> blathering from James as he just kept saying, she got powers over and over again as I refuted it. How Crystal Storm can possibly come up with an answer of she'll figure out how to beat somebody with nine million years of combat experience who's known for his tactics. I am blown away by this decision. I am outraged by this decision. I am disgusted by this decision. I am just like violated I, by uh, this ooh, decision. I violated you? That's I just, never mind. I'm sorry. I, it's a family well, family show. I just find my happy family place. Friend. Yeah, it just, yeah. It just, he just keeps like... He keeps going. It's okay. Going. It's, uh, yeah, it's okay. He brings good okay. snacks, so that's yeah. cool. That's a thing. Yeah, it's impressive that he took a breath in between all that, that's too. True. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Ray, what are your socials? <laughs> I don't want to talk to any of you anymore. <laughs> you can find Ray on Twitter, at Almighty Ray. Ray. when I meet him. I'm going to take a picture On of Facebook, him. crying in the fetal position in the shower. Many ways. <laughs> all right, you can find... Ray, do you want to say your socials or no? I already said him, James. You see, nobody listens when I talk. I'm sorry, so you said your social? Okay, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. Remember, join the official Hoodman oh, Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, the Geek and Game Facebook community, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, 
or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters. You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.